0: It's a freight train running off the track. It's coming at you, then it's gone too fast. There's a buzzy, happy feeling kids are bouncing off the ceiling in Christmas crazy town. Well, I've got four boys jumping on my back, the cutest angel climbing in my lap. Look, now the tree has been knocked over. Well, there's always something broken in Christmas crazy town. But it's the one time of the year When everyone you love is near These are memories and makings One for the taking I'll be the master of cheer Come the snowballs and flyin' on the sleigh A million stories from back in the day Yes, there'll be holly jolly sweaters Oh, the uglier the better in Christmas Until we all collapse. There'll be fruit books on the table, some a little less unstable in Christmas, crazy town. Yes, there'll be holly jolly sweaters. Oh, the uglier the better in Christmas. Crazy town. These are memories in making it's fun for the taking. There's chaos in the air. Oh, but Ness said, no, you wouldn't dare. Be careful with the cider. Grandma's rum. You can die in, in Christmas. Crazy town. There'll be fruitcakes on the table. Some a little less old In Christmas.
1: Marcus Eldridge, thank you for getting things kicked off today. Well, welcome to Big Band 2023. How you doing, Lone Star? Um, We hope you have a great time today. We have some good uh, music for you planned, and we're going to knock your socks off with a a little. But it's going to be our worship, our praise with our instruments and with our voices. So um, let's stand up together. If you can, can you slide, try to slide in a little bit and make the room on the end of the aisle? And we, I know it's, it's so we can be courteous to other people, but if, if it was me out there, it would be so that I didn't have to have people walk in front of me while I'm watching the show. So, uh, <laughs> All right, so um, bow your heads, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for another great year, God. We thank you for the joy that you put into our lives, Lord, that the, the gift of joy to the world that we have that never leaves us or forsakes us god today as we celebrate as we lift up your name enjoy be magnified be exalted in this place god let your light spread throughout the whole world in jesus name we pray everybody said amen Won't you stay standing and um and stay where you are but kindly turn around and just tell somebody howdy y'all If you'll stay standing, we are going to start off with some worship. Marcy, take it away.
2: I see.
1: seated. Thank you, Marcy. Well, if you've been with us a while, you will know that uh, back in the late spring and then the early summer, there was a time when we were praying for one guy really hard around here and we didn't know if he was going to make it. But we learned throughout the process that God's miracles still are happening, right? Even if it means he grew a carrot on his nose. We're so blessed and thankful to have Mr. Johnny, the defroster, here with us. Take it away, Johnny.
3: Frosty, I'm made from snow, a pair of shades, a carrot nose. I come alive, they say it said. When some brat put this hat on my head, my name is Frosty. The lake My sister's a snow cone My brother's a flake I'm made out of snow I do as I please I never stop when the cop breathe free I'm frosty I'm full of snow Where there's a blizzard that's where I go Got ice in my veins, but when the sun comes up, I'm gonna drip, 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 drip down the drain. La 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 la. Play it cool, boy. can't make it through summer so please Mr. Santa don't you be a teaser all I want for Christmas is a great big freezer I'm frosty I'm full of snow the temperature drops and that's where I I'm gonna trip, 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 down the drain, down the drain. Hey, can we get a fan over here? I'm melting, I'm
2: melting, I'm melting, baby!
1: Johnny Foster, take a, take a bow, Johnny, take a bow. And yes, every time he puts that hat on his head, he says, happy birthday. <laughs> so we here at Lone Star are a church that believes in God's word, right? Everything we do, we base on it. Psalm 150, verses, uh, verse number four, says that you should give praise with a brass instrument says that give praise with horns and corded instruments so in accordance with the word we brought these guys in here there's plenty of ways and plenty of versions of people singing joy to the world but we're gonna do it with our instruments Joy to the world. You know what? Jim, on trombone, why don't you stand up one more time? There you go. Felix, in case you don't remember, he looks a little familiar. He did come hold it down while Johnny was in the hospital on the keys for us there. Felix, the warm tones of Johnny G. And then Mr. Larry, Larry on the keys. You know, every year we try to do, try to make things a little bit different, bring in some new songs and stuff like that. And we, we always end up singing something about Christmas and Texas and all this stuff. So this year we decided to take one that you might be familiar with, like an older song that you might think, oh, I love that song. And we did a little bit of a rewrite on it. So don't get too offended. We left it alone enough, but we made it ours. So this is from us to you. Christmas in Texas.
2: But
1: now yeah. in There's snow on the ground. And out in California, the sunshine's falling down. And maybe down in Memphis, Graceland's all in line. And here in the state of Texas. There's peace on earth tonight. Christmas in Texas. It's snowing in the pine. Chicago, and the kids are out of school, there's magic up in Motown, and that city's on the move. and out west in El Paso, to the East Texas state line, Nation, it's a peaceful Christmas time. Merry Christmas tonight. Merry Christmas from Lone Star to you. All right, so we got a little present for you right now, I think. Um, some music you don't usually hear unless you get over more towards New Orleans way, you know, Little Dixieland. So, uh, we're putting together a Little Dixieland band. We hope you like it. Yes, and you will be the third group of people today to hear a tuba solo by the end of the song. All right. We will also be bringing up Miss Marcy's Wall and Miss Peyton Howie. So y'all give it up to our Dixieland band. Uh-huh.
2: I <laughs> do
0: So fun, so fun. We recognize Jim and Gary on there. We also had Doug Wright on clarinet and um, Joe Miller on tuba and our very own Brian Thomas on the banjo. And speaking of our very own, we're going to get a chance to hear from our very own Ken Reynolds and Marcus Eldridge as we get into another time of worship here. And they're going to bring you into good tidings of great joy and Emmanuel and falling on our knees in praise. Let's worship in Bracky.
2: you. Okay.
1: Now, don't, not that much for the electric players. Their heads are already big enough, so. Yeah. If you had to deal with electric players, uh, players regularly, you'd know what I'm talking about. But, yeah. <laughs> but we have, like I said, Mr. Gary over here, Gary Weldon. And you probably have seen him a lot of times. He's generally with us at Easter and other holiday occasions. And so um, we thought he would do good on the Christmas song today. Take it away, Gary. Mr. Gary Weldon, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'd like to welcome to the stage Miss Peyton Howey, very talented friend here. She's going to be singing When Hope Came Down.
2: So this is how it was, a silent night like any.
1: Hayden Howie. Let's come to the part of our program where we like to thank all the people who helped make this happen. A lot of people, a lot of names that you don't really get to see that much, so we're going to mention them right now. Our creative team, headed up by Pam Coulson with Candy Smith, Ashley Lancaster, Zach Curl, and Hayden Noble. Our audio team with Damian Taylor, Matt Godkin, and Phil Noble. The production team headed up by Chris Linton, and it has all these volunteers that you see on the cameras all the time and up there that you can't see in the production booth. Give them a hand, please. Our maintenance team that makes sure that we have all the staging we need, they, they get it all here. It's Brian Adams, Doug Meeks, Jeffrey Jones, and Hank Woolery. Now, I'm going to mention two people that are very dear to me. Uh, we sit together and we plan this thing out starting way back in like June and July and stuff. We start planning this thing what songs to play, what to do, uh, what moments to have. And so, uh, one of those guys, he couldn't be with us today and he normally plays, is Brad Dorsey. I would give Brad a hand. and thank him for helping plan this. The other one is, last week I called him my Jiminy Cricket because he talks in a microphone and I hear him in my ears. It's like I have a little mustached guy sitting on my shoulder all the time. But uh, Mr. Rankin Peters, there he is right there. And he's got family here today, and I want to thank you guys for allowing us and sharing, sharing him with us all these years. Thank you so much. I mean... Um, he's a great friend, and you just don't see all that he does to put this together. Without him, this wouldn't happen. He gets all these charts together. He, gets, uh, he finds people to write the charts, actually, and then um, he wrangles all these guys together right here. If you've never had to wrangle together a bunch of musicians, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Y'all give it up for these guys right here. And last but not least, because you see them every time you come to church, you see them in the parking lot, you see them in the foyer, you take your kids and hand them off out there, our volunteers, our day-to-day volunteers, let's give them a hand. All right, you know a part of any healthy growing church is it's, uh, we like to call it children's and youth, but here we call it Next Gen. Earlier I said Gen X, and I got i got Yes, people let me have it. So next gen. But um, that's anything from young adults and college age all the way down to the little munchkins and mini-me's that you let go and go into those buildings over there that we smile when we see them come by. But the person uh, has to be over them, has a responsibility of making sure they get fed, that they get taught, that they get every chance they can to come to Jesus, to be with Jesus, and to grow in Jesus. And so we've had the opportunity to hire somebody new recently, and we have Mr. Or excuse me, Pastor Tyler here. Y'all give him a hand. Pastor Tyler is our new next gen pastor, and he is going to be
4: giving you the word today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, thank you. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. It's great to see you here. Um, I am so privileged to be able to share. The love of Jesus with you. So Peyton just talked a few moments ago about hope coming down. Well, our hope here today is that you see the love of Jesus, that you come and experience the love of Jesus. And that's my role here as an X-Gen pastor. I have the privilege and the honor to be able to share the love of Jesus with the next generation and to disciple them and teach them to live in such a way that's honoring to our God. And so I'm so thankful that I'd be able, I'm able to do that every single day. With that being said, I want to go to the word. So I don't know about you guys, but do you guys have places that when you drive by them, or maybe like a picture pops up on social media, uh, like a positive memory or something comes up. Uh, let, me, let me give you an example. So uh, whenever my wife and I, we go back to Oregon, uh, that's where we got married, we, we fly into Medford, we drive out into the countryside, and we always pass by this barn um, and this, this farm that, uh, and every time we do, I look over at it and I look at my kids and say, hey, that's where we got married, right over there. And a joy comes up within me thinking back about that day, about that wonderful day where God brought my wonderful wife and I together in marriage. You know, my son was talking to the other day and it was the blistering heat of Texas in the summer. And he was like, dad, a memory popped up in his brain. I really miss our swimming pool in Bloomingdale, New Jersey. I miss that so much. I wish we had a pool here in Texas. And I'm like, I wish we had one too. (laughs) And a memory popped up in his brain uh, that brought him back to a particular place and time. Today, what I want us to do is I want us to look at a place where the love came down. We're going to take a look at the fields surrounding Bethlehem. And we're going to take a look at a couple intersecting stories where we see love come down and change various people's lives and how we believe it has the power to change us today. So we're going to take a look at some shepherds and sheep. So admittedly, I do not know much about sheep, shepherds or fields. I, uh, I, gr- I grew up in a neighborhood, not in a farm or a, uh, uh, raising sheep or cattle and all that stuff. Thankfully, uh, I grew up in a loving home where my father was a police officer and my mom worked in the medical field. But one thing that I didn't grow up with was being around livestock. My wife, on the other hand, she did. And I'm getting an education and all things sheep from our students that are participating in the fair. But I don't know much about shepherding or sheep, but what I can tell you is that throughout scripture, we see God doing some amazing things out in the fields. So join me as we go to the fields outside of Bethlehem. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18, it says this, and there were shepherds And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, heaven and on earth, peace to those whom favor rest. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happens. Which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they had spread the word concerning what they had been told of them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Wow, what a powerful moment where we see love come down in those fields, love come down for all of us in this world. So a couple things I like to take a note when I read this passage. This is one of my favorite uh, uh, stories throughout scripture during the Christmas time, because we see a group of shepherds, people that may be considered outcasts, people that are uh, re- relegated to outside the city walls with sheep, yet have an encounter with an angelic beings, have an encounter with the true king, the true Messiah. And one thing I like to know is the response to the angel when, it appear, when the angel appears before them. So we see the angel come before them and they are afraid. Now, when I read that passage, the first thing I think of is, I would be totally terrified in that situation. Like, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself if I saw an angel come before me. But then if, a few words later, we see that the angel assures them and says, fear not. And they go from being afraid to then going to the Messiah. And I think to myself, what happened? What took place in that field that these shepherds, these outcasts, these people that are relegated to outside of the city walls, they see something that causes them to fear, and then instantly it seems like they go from being afraid to going to the true king. Because here's the thing, it would take a lot for them to do that. And so this is what I imagine. I imagine that these shepherds are out in the field and then the angels appear before them and they're looking and all of a sudden, the the shepherds start explaining to each other and remembering moments where God showed up in those same fields throughout their history. I can see them around this fire. And, and the shep, one of the shepherds saying to another, hey, may, maybe this, it, there is something to this. Maybe there is something to this baby that's the king, that's the Messiah. Because do you remember what God did in this very field right over there? With, with a foreigner, with, with someone that had come from another land and lived here. Ruth, that was her name. Ruth had come to this place and she toiled and worked in these very fields. And you remember the story about how Ruth came with nothing. She came with her, with her mother-in-law, and both of them had nothing and, and left a place where they had tragedy and heartbreak, and they came to these fields and worked. Yet God, in his love, redeemed Ruth, redeemed her family by sending Boaz. Do you remember that? Do you remember how in these fields, God Redeemed roof, and then I can imagine that that they said yes and and we can 't leave out his her grandson because remember David, our great king, the one we look to, the best king all throughout Israel, do you remember his origin story? It was right here in these very fields, yeah, do, do you remember how, how how he was relegated? to work in the fields while his brothers went off and did important things. How how he was told, hey, you're not good enough, stay here with the sheep and watch them while your brothers go off to battle and and defend Israel. Do do you remember our King David was where we're at today? And and that makes me pause because I I think to myself how David, the greatest king throughout all of Israel's history, first started out in a field with sheep. And you got to think this, this future king out in the fields with the sheep thought to himself in the mundane of watching sheep every single day, you got to think to himself, am I worthy? Am I good enough? My brothers are off doing their thing, but here I am watching sheep. And, and I think of our own insecurities, our own baggage that we bring In the fields, where we think to ourselves, Am I good enough? You know, most of you that know me would be surprised to know that when I was a kid, when I was in elementary school, I was terrified of people. Like so terrified that I would try to go through my whole day at school without ever talking to anybody. I would I would try to make it a challenge, and I would pray to God. Please let the teacher not call on me during class. Please, Jesus. And then I would go to church and my pastor would be like, go tell people about Jesus. And I'd be like, I don't want to go tell people about Jesus. I got to talk to them. Like, are you kidding me? I had these insecurities and fears. Yet God was working in my own heart. And then I think of my son. And you got to wonder, maybe Jesse sent David out into the fields Because maybe Jesse looked at David and was like, Where did this kid come from? (laughs) My youngest son, where, 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 he must be from his mother's side. (laughs) And when I look at my own son, Hudson, who's five years old, sometimes I think the same thing because he'll run into a room and he'll see someone and jump into their arms and hug them and squeeze them. And then he'll go to his school and he doesn't challenge himself to try not to talk the whole day. He goes and tries to talk to as many people as he can and try to hug as many people as he can and giving them hugs and kisses. And so much so that we're like, Hudson, please today, let's get a smiley face on your calendar rather than uh, getting your notes from your teacher And here's my son every single day going and and maybe thinking to himself, do people think that I'm weird for how much I talk and how much I love? We each and every one of us have instances and moments where just like King David, we're in the fields, in the mundane of life, asking ourselves, do I have anything to offer? Yet hope came down, love came down. And in 1 Samuel 16, it says this. So Samuel asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered, and he is tending the sheep. Samuel said to him, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, and he had brought him in, and he was glowing with health and fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. Uh, This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. So our shepherds out in the field, hey, and do you remember what David wrote later on when he wrote the book of Psalms? Psalm 78 verse 70, God, he chose David and brought him from the sheep pens if this God can do that for them, maybe he can do it for me. And so these shepherds, this is, this is how I like to think what happened. As, as they gathered around together, they thought to themselves, if God can do all of these miraculous things in these fields that we're in, maybe God can do something in my life. And they said, let's go see the Lamb of God, Jesus. So there's this thought that these shepherds were out in the fields watching the sheep outside the city walls, that these shepherds were watching the very sheep that would go to be sacrificed for the sins of a nation. They would watch and they would send them off to the temple and you gotta think every day asking themselves, I'm sending them off to be sacrificed for a nation but am I worthy enough for that sacrifice to cover my sins? And here they are in this field. Hope came down, love came down, and the very people that watched the sheep to be sacrificed were able to leave those sheep behind and go worship the true sacrificial lamb, Jesus. And we see that these people were among the first to worship the Messiah, So what do we see throughout all these stories? We see the gospel in that in John chapter three, verse 16, that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for everyone who calls upon his name. So you may be here at Big Ben this year, and my hope and prayer for you today is that you receive the love of Jesus, just like those shepherds, Just like uh, Ruth was redeemed and just like David in those fields found purpose. And that at Lone Star Cowboy Church, surrounded by a whole bunch of fields, that you in the future can look at this place as the place where you met Jesus and you found the love and hope of the Messiah, the sacrificial lamb that died for you. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this time where we got to jump into your word and see the miraculous that you do in the fields outside of Bethlehem. Lord, and I know that you're in the business of doing the miraculous still today. Lord, I pray for those who do not know you, that today they run to you. They run to the love that only you can provide. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for all that you're doing in the hearts and minds of everybody here. In your name. And all God's people said? Amen. All right, let's give it up for Miss Kate Watson
2: in the bleak midwinter.
1: Thank you, Kate. Well, we've come to the end of our program today. And uh, we want to thank you all for coming. If you're a visitor and you came here today, um, if you don't have a church family, if you're looking for one, we'd love for you to come back and you be a part of our family. And Pastor Randy, uh, he, he sent me a message to, to give you all his love today. So um, thank you guys for coming today. Thank the band again. Woo-hoo! And, um, well, that's the end. And in the famous words of uh, the famous guy, what's his name, Nacho, go away, read some books, you know. (laughs) All right, guys, take it away.